Welcome to the Bourbon and Browns podcast, where the size of the fish doesn't matter, but the amount of bourbon left in your flask does. Join us as we talk life, fishing, and everything in between with your hosts, Justin and Bryce. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, another episode here, Bourbon and Browns. This is episode number eight, uh, the Ocho, coming to you live from PA and lovely Louisiana. Justin, my man, what's going on? Oh, nothing much, dude. Speaking of the Ocho, I think I, j- I just watched uh, Dodgeball on their... Uh, Did you? Yeah, on like ESPN 8. That's a thing now. I figured you'd be watching uh, college football. It's back tonight. Yeah, no. I mean, this was like last weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Northwestern and Purdue. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm watching Kirk, a little Kirk bit of little Big Ten oh, okay. action. Obviously, the big games aren't until uh, this weekend, but... Yeah, 3.30 tomorrow. Exciting, man, to have college football back. So exciting. I know you're a big college football fan, so that'll be fun. I know. It's the best time of the year, man. Like, I mean, I love Labor Day. Work's been absolutely horrible this week, trying to, you know, contain my excitement for this week, so it's been rough. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least you had a lot of time to think about that today in your uh, your air conditioning-less truck uh, while you were sweating profusely like the players that will be playing will be. I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest Some sort with of you. connection? I don't even want to talk about it. Nope. Was this your company car or your or your personal no, car? No, yeah, it was, my, it was my company car. Oh, okay. So they'll, they'll probably get that fixed, though. Yeah, well, so here's the kicker, right? All right, so I'll tell a story. So I work in I work in the construction field, and uh, I kind of drive. I drive, like, pretty far every morning and every evening to get, you know, to and from work, and then I'm driving back and forth to job sites and um, things like that. So I'm in my, in my vehicle a lot throughout the day, and uh, it was three days ago. So what is it, Thursday today? So two. Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember because I'm in such a fucking haze from this week. <laughs> um, I'm driving home and it's like maybe 90, 95 degrees out and I just left work and I've got like an hour and a half drive left and uh, my air conditioning goes out and I'm just like smacking the dashboard like what? Like, come on, you know? And I'm, I'm literally starting to sweat buckets. Like I'm just sweat dripping down my beard and it was gross. Um, so I got the windows rolled down. And I'm just like super pissed off, and uh, that thing didn't come back on the entire time I drove home. So by the time I got home, I was just like super dehydrated. Um, so I cracked open a beer to rehydrate a little bit, you know. Oh, of course. Of course, uh, standard. The, uh, it's it's the old standard uh, rehydration. Yeah, hydrate you know? or dehydrate yeah. with uh with a brewski. Obviously, the right choice. But expect nothing less yep. from you, Mister. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I braved the drive back to work the next morning and I'd go into the shop and I tell them, Hey, like my, uh, my air conditioning's out. Like, you know, can you guys take a look at it real quick? Like do you have time. And unfortunately the, the shop at my, at my office didn't have time to look at it. So they sent me to a, a Ford dealership. So I took it down to the dealership and they looked at it and they told me it would take at least, you know, two, three days to to really figure out what the problem is and, and fix it and do some other things with the, uh, with the car that they needed to. 
and uh, I told him that wasn't an option because <laughs> I live an hour and a half away. Um, so I would have had no way to get home. So I've been, uh, you know, just sweating it out the rest of the week. So and it's, it's pretty cool, though, like on your uh, on your way to work, you know, if you had the windows cracked, you'd be all right. But when that mid-afternoon heat is probably what's getting you right. Yeah, I mean, in the morning, it's not bad. I mean, yeah. it's still like, unfortunately, we hit a, a heat wave just in time for my, my car to take a shit. So, yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, it's been like probably 75, upper 70s, like in the morning and like really muggy. Which is like bearable, but in the afternoon it's been like you know probably about ninety four between ninety four and ninety six degrees driving home and I mean yeah. even with the even with the breeze the breeze is just so hot. Oh, uh, it's just um, yeah, it's just like slaps you in the face. Yeah, and the humidity is bad, but I mean, it is what it is, man. It's almost Labor Day weekend, so I get to yeah, very true. Yeah, I get I to know, watch some football. I get to fish a little. Yeah, you know what? Uh, what what's your plans this weekend? Ooh, okay, so coming home Friday, hopefully be able to work pretty early. Um, yeah, I hope so. And I think I'm going to try and hit like a, a little late evening um, hatch, hopefully, uh, of something uh, on the little Lehigh. Um, going to break out the rods again and, and try and get after it for a couple hours until dark. And then, By um, hatch, you mean uh, giant mouse patterns, right? Yes. How did, I, how did I forget? Yeah. I don't know. I'm of course, I'll throw some mouse patterns. I'll throw some mouse patterns, <laughs> just for you, Bryce. Please, do. I might even throw a woolly bugger, just oh, wow. just to you know, just to get basic as fuck. Yeah, just for you're, you. You're like, you're so far out of your comfort zone right now. I love it. Yeah, because <laughs> our our goal here on on Bourbon and Browns is is to make people and ourselves feel un- mo- as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, it makes me feel pretty uncomfortable thinking about throwing like that's a pumpkin yeah, spice woolly bugger. It, it really does. It makes me feel basic. And you got to do the Rapala knot too, so it has good movement in the water, right? So it's not directly yeah. tied to uh, to the eye. That's a that's a good. Yeah, it's not happening. Thing. It's just going to be a straight retrieve. I, I'm not ready for that. All right. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. You throw it under a tree and 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 swing it out into the current. <laughs> anything could happen. You know, just just hang on. I'm just kidding. I'm, I might try it. As long it. as you don't hook any children or that guy that had the bucket that was sitting on the side of the river, you know, letting fish go. He wasn't. He had the No, he wasn't. Those fish. He's a dirty old man. I would definitely hook everyone. Hook all of those. Absolutely. Yep. That's my like a, a favorite pastime trying to cast at little kids. You know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you it, just take, yeah it almost is a pastime. Yeah, now, you just take the barb out and just scare the shit out of them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, don't yeah, just cut the shank and the yeah. or the um the hook bend and then just I'm just kidding. I I seriously don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I, so I really don't. Like don't casting. don't do that. That's a yeah, bad thing. Don't, don't try this at home. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Yeah, so well, you're gonna do that maybe tomorrow night, and then what else you got? Yeah, Maybe. man. Um. Saturday probably. Uh. Saturday morning working on the house a little bit because I just moved in mm-hmm. and trying to get some things squared away, and then I might even try and break away a little bit to you know mid to late morning and fish again. Um. And then uh, it's it's college football all day after that, man. Um, and then Sunday, I think I'm going to try and zip out the Penn's Creek. Um, mm. yeah, I, I think I might do it. Um, either that or the yellow breaches out in yeah, Harrisburg it, again, um, Sunday. And I still haven't decided whether or not I'm going to, um, try and turn it into a, uh, uh, a two day trip and just sleep out there. Um, in the Monday mm-hmm. that might happen too, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get out there and, uh, get after it. So. 
Yeah, man, you could hike in just a couple miles, like not nothing crazy far, just because you'll probably be alone, right? So, um, maybe a couple miles, and then take you know yeah. take just very light camping gear and uh, your jet boil and, and get it done. Yeah, man. I mean, I sounds, think it's it's gonna be so hot good. anyway that I probably oh, won't yeah, need a lot. Just sleep right outside. Yeah. So I. You know. Or if you have a hammock or whatever. Yeah, and I do. I actually, I love hammock camping while I'm fishing. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. If you haven't tried it, definitely, definitely give it a try because it's awesome. Um, it's super compact and lightweight, yep. so you can carry it in your pack. Yeah, it's a good, good option. It's not fun when it's cold out. Um, oh God, no. Which is Unless my that setup like that dude at Deep Creek. Yeah, Remember I mean that? that's that's like, like you, you got to have like a insulated setup for it. You got to be a big time hammock. You, camper, you do. So that's an investment. Yeah, but uh, you know, right right around now into probably about you know late September, October, um, when it's only getting down to like you know in, in the forties and fifties overnight, like it's it's doable. Um, Dude, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good weekend to me. Yeah, man. I mean, it should be fun. You're a Penn State fan, right? I am. Yeah, we're gonna watch Penn State App State at three o'clock. Yeah, they're yeah they're playing. Uh, where are they playing? Appalachian State. Yeah, no, are they playing at Appalachian State, or is it? Um, I think it's a home game. Is it a home game? Yeah, I'm pretty positive it is. How far? How far is that from you? Uh, Happy Valley is like maybe three hours from Allentown. Okay, so a little bit of a drive. Yeah. Okay. But should be fun. Yeah, man, sounds good. Yeah, what are your plans? So I am planning on taking off tomorrow night, heading down to uh, New Orleans. Ooh. And, uh, Looking to fish Saturday and Sunday. Um, there's a couple couple marshes that I want to try out down there. Um, really, it's you know it's the it's the redfish mecca uh, for the U.S. Really, so um, you know I'm gonna go down there and try to get my fly in front of a couple a uh, couple nice reds, and uh, with the with the fly craft, see how that works out, and then probably go into New Orleans at night and get a get a bite to eat. Uh, see the city a little bit so that should be because that'll be my first time down there so i'm kind of excited to see see all of that um but yeah yeah that sounds like that sounds great i'm praying that my uh my setup gets here it's supposed to come tomorrow oh Um, that your six weight the salt yeah no the salt water setup so i have my six weight here and like I don't know, that bass I caught was probably about seven pounds, and that put up a pretty decent fight and bend in my rod, but, I mean, you know, a a decent red, you know, you're looking at 12 pounds, you know, average. So, that's double, plus, you know, the the chance of catching, like, a 20 20 to 30-pound fish. I don't even really want to chance it on the six-weight. So, no, this the setup would come in and would be the nine-weight. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's legit. I put in a an order with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be dropping it off early this year for me, <laughs> a few months early, Prema- premature. Dude, I I use that excuse so much that I'm funny. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Santa. It's early early Christmas for me. And I always say it's gonna be my last rod, you know. And then I I talk to you like two months later. I'm like, dude, I I gotta have a rod for this. You're like, you just bought a rod. And I'm like, you just you gotta have a rod for every situation. I I gotta be honest with you. I think you've told that to me at least six or seven times no i have since we've right. met I, I need to stop and i this is the last rod that i'll be buying for quite some time i, I, can I doubt that fish anything from 
dries to streamers to check nymphing. I've got a big salt, you know, slash pike, you know, big, I will say big game species rod set up now. So aside from just wanting to upgrade down the road, you know, I'm pretty much, pretty much set. Yeah. I mean, you really, um, you really kind of hit pretty much every situation that you need a rod for, to be honest with you. Yeah, and like it might be a little overkill, you know, because I might I might use you know I'm gonna be using my saltwater rod like crazy while I'm out here, and then you know if I move back west or, or wherever I go, you know, on a trip, I might use my dry, you know I'll be using my dry fly and my check nymphing rod a ton. Um, I like to have a couple rods around for people, uh, you know, family and friends. Um, if they don't want to travel with a rod or if they don't have a rod, it's nice to just have you know a couple reliable lo- rods laying around. Um, you know, like a nine foot five weight or something that's kind of versatile because, you know, as well as I do, I mean, you can check with that. It's just not ideal. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love having an extra, extra rod or two, um, extra pair of waders, wading boots, um, just so I can take people out because it's fun, you know, it's fun to share it. It's fun to share it. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets, it gets a little time, like it gets a little tedious trying to pack all that. And, you know, it's, I'm sure with your move, you're, you know, finding a place for all of it is sometimes kind of a bear, but you just never, you know, it's nice. Like, you know, if you, if you do choose to come out here and visit, you know, during the, if we, if we shoot for like the veterans day weekend, like, you know, I've got, I've got tons of extra shit, you know what I mean? So if we cruise and do this or that and the other, and you don't have exactly what you need, like likely chance that I'd have it. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's, if you don't have extra shit, get you some extra shit. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say if you come. I should say when I come. When you come, because you gotta come. I'm sure. I'm going. I'm definitely I going to. You. This is this is happening. I mean, honestly, yeah, like it yeah. needs well, to happen this this fall or this winter. Oh, like abs- a trip 100%, or something. Yeah, like I'll do whatever I can to get you out here, and we'll uh, like I said, we'll plan it all out and and figure out the logistics of it at least. From that side, and then obviously we got to start planning the big trip, which is the one with Sean. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should start looking for the spring of next year. Yeah, that, spring like after runoff or something, um, or before. Yeah, I'll have to look into that because it's kind of weird how it works up there. So it's it's like really low in the winter. I'm talking like sixty, maybe seventy CFS. So they pool up real bad, and it's just it doesn't seem you know it's not good on the fish. So I usually I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I mean, just let just me know, and I'm flows and stuff. Because if it's flowing like anywhere between like 100 and 400, it's it's money. Perfect. Yeah. So that'll be my uh, so that'll be my plans. But uh, we'll kind of get into uh to this week's interview for the podcast. So, uh, long story short, I was on Instagram, you know, cruising around, and uh, and I met I met this guy, and uh, he's got like a website and everything. So, um. The we're gonna have him on uh, for an interview. His name's Mike Brown. Uh, he's originally from Southern Rhode Island, and he currently lives in the in the San Diego, California, which is like what was nice that? Area. What do you what do you Ron Burgundy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> thank you, San Diego. I won't say the other part of it. Um, so he he's really into photography. Um, if you check out his page, uh, which I'll give you the info for. He's got um, just some really great pictures, really good video. Just looks super talented as far as um, you know, photography standpoint. Catching catching really nice fish as well. Uh, looks like for for work, he he teaches kids how to skateboard and obviously does the photography gig. But um, loves to chase bass. He's done saltwater and trout fishing as well. 
Uh, I think he does it both on the fly and also, uh, you know, conventional bass uh, and stuff like that. So it would be fun to have him on and, and pick his brain. Uh, just, you know, anything related to fishing. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about the photography aspect because a lot of us that fish and hunt and all that stuff, um, you know, we want to capture it for, for those that, that don't either know or the people that do appreciate it in a way that, you know, in a way that it displays it how, how we want, if that, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, you it, know, to it takes share the experience from like a, a third person bird's eye. Yeah. You, you could be like me and be taking, you know, pictures with my phone and look like an idiot and it really doesn't capture what, you know, the, the essence of what I'm doing, or you can be like Mike right. and, um, really, really capture, uh, um, some great pictures and some great scenery and, uh, um, some great bass. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean like the, the, take a look at his website. It's awesome. Um, you know, it, it's great. Like just to kind of get a peek inside some of the things that he does and, um, with, with photography itself, with, you know, traveling to these locations and what, you know, what we're, you know, most excited about the, the bass fishing that he gets into and, uh, you know, a little bit of a different perspective. Um, so with that, I think we'll jump right into it. Yeah, I'm just going to, real quick, I'm going to hit him with the uh, the Instagram and then the website info. So his website is actually on his page. So if, you go to in, if you're on Instagram and you're searching, uh, it's new school, N-E-W-S-C-H-O-O-L underscore bass, B-A-S-S. Uh, and you'll see his page. And then on his page, uh, in his little, um, in his bio, you'll see his website. And it's www.newschoolbass.com. And uh, he's got blogs on there. I think he's going to start doing features uh, for different anglers, uh, which will be cool too. So if you want like a couple of quick reads, he's got he's got some stuff on there. So uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll give Mike a a ring and get him on here. And uh, yeah, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. All right, what's going on, everybody? So uh, we've got Mike now uh, on the line. I uh, gave you guys just a quick uh, tidbit on his bio um, on the intro, but uh, welcome to Bourbon and Browns, Mike. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here chatting with you guys. Yeah, it's um, good, to, good to have you on. Um, absolutely. Kind of uh, It's kind of cool how we connected just uh, kind of on Instagram by chance, uh, which is yeah. always nice. You know, social media nowadays can, can connect you to so many people uh, that you would have otherwise never met. The fishing community on Instagram, too, I have to say, is, like, exceptional. Like, I've met some really cool people um, just straight through Instagram. I'm the coolest, though, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Me and Bryce. That's what's up. Well, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we, we obviously checked out your Instagram a lot and your uh, your website. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, it's awesome. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic photographer. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to kind of delve into, um, you know, some of your uh, your photography, and I, I know you're super passionate about it, and uh, it yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with your uh, with your fishing. Yeah, I mean, I, I give you guys a little bit of background on uh, kind of my come up as a photographer and um, how it kind of plays into fishing, and kind of go off that. Um, yeah, I've, I've been shooting for for a while now. Definitely like fly fishing is what got me into photography for sure um didn't always focus on it but uh recently i've i've definitely 
rediscovered my love for it and just uh you know it hasn't been something i've ever stopped doing but um really just focusing on it now and and uh getting on the water and shooting photos it's 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 just the best you know it's like for me shooting photos of fish and of fishing is almost as good as catching fish um so it's just super fun um but yeah no I, i i started shooting a while back um shooting videos with my friends out on the water we'd just go fish all day and bring a camera and uh kind of kind of just film a lot a lot of video at first um and then i kind of got more into shooting photos of the fish and of the action and uh you know i think all all along um you know it's it's, you got to really it's got to be about the passion with photography. You know, you got to, for your work to really shine, I think it needs to be, you got to be shooting something you love. And, um, you know, I've shot a lot over the years, weddings, commercial stuff. I've worked for clothing companies. Um, And it it never really, like, struck home quite the way fishing fishing does. Um, So that's that's just been huge to really get back into that. And and being in Southern California, it's just, there's, it's a great place, uh, specifically for bass fishing um you know we have world record quality fish here um so that's been that's been huge and you know i grew up in rhode island and started shooting there and i grew up on a lake so that was always in my backyard just waking up sunrise shooting photos um and then the atlantic ocean uh you know new england it's just there's just an amazing striper fishery and all salt water too Um, so just having that to learn and kind of just figure out how how to use the camera and how to, how to capture the fish is just, it was awesome. Um, Yeah. It's it's interesting to hear the, uh, the evolution of it, you know, because you kind of, um, I don't know, sometimes, you know, I mean, obviously like if you look at my pictures, I look like an idiot taking pictures with my iPhone (laughs) on the water. Um, you know, but it, it sounds like, um, you know, photography is, uh, um, kind of hand in hand with, uh, with fishing for you, the, the passion you have. And, um, it's, it's interesting hearing the evolution of it and how you, um, kind of found, uh, found your way back to bass fishing with photography and tied it all together. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's crazy. It's like something I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, it is, you know, since like cameras have been accessible to people, it's really gone hand in hand with fishing because everyone's, you know, the second you could take a photo, it's like, dang, I just caught a nice fish. I want to, I want to remember that. So, you know, it's really cool because it's, it's something that I think goes hand, hand in hand. Uh, And it has, you know, since cameras were invented. So I couldn't agree more with both of you. Um, I think we actually were talking about this in the intro uh, before you hopped on, but more more or less, it's capturing the story, right, of what you're doing. Because um, people that yeah. don't fish, people that don't hunt, you know, all those different things, you know, whatever it is. Um, people that don't do that don't understand. They're like, why would you Why would you wake up at 5 a.m., you know, to go go beat the rush, to go, you know, freeze your ass off to go fish? You know, people don't understand what's, what's there, what's behind it. And I think, you know, of course, when you catch a nice fish, you want to remember that and you want to capture it, you know, in all of its, its uh, you know, its beauty. But... At the same time, you want to tell the story. Like, I know a lot of your photos are, like, you know, of the tail or of the release or just of the water or, you know, different different yeah. shots that really paint the picture of, of what what the sport, you know, can bring you, um, not only from, you know, just a conventional fishing uh, standpoint, but also from the fly fishing standpoint, being, 
you know, a little bit more absolutely uh, original, but yeah. And that's what like uh, new school bass has been all about for me is like, it's kind of been my, my focus is like, there's so many Instagram accounts out there that are like, just send us your best grip and grin and we'll repost it. And it's like, yep. that's cool. But like, I want to see more than that. Like, you know, I want to see the, the beauty of it, you know, the fish swimming away, the, you know, what, what you, what you went through to catch that fish. Cause there's just so much more that goes into it. Absolutely. Um, you know, even just, the lakes, you know, at night, you know, under the stars, under the moon, sunrise, uh, just all of it is like it all, you know, even just shots of just, you know, it's like I've shot a ton of surfing too. And like you can get a great photo of just a wave, you know, it doesn't even have to be someone on it. It's like, you know, surf porn, you're just mind surfing <laughs> that wave. And like, I, I feel that same way. Like I, if I roll up on like, just like a perfect looking patch of weeds or like some structure, like, I got to take a photo of it. And then I go back and like days later, I'm just like looking at that, like just mind flipping it. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. Like, yeah, just cracks in those casts in your mind. So like, I, I know what you were kind of getting at as far as like photography really coming in and, and playing such a big role, um, you know, in, in the outdoors period. Uh, and I love it. It's like, I love scrolling through Instagram. I love watching your videos. Like I can't tell you how much time I mean, I'm sure we all spend plenty of time you know, looking at other people's work because it's, it's really incredible. But for sure, um, you know, from my standpoint, it's hard. Like y you're right. As far as like time management, you know, I've never really gotten into photography. I really just use my GoPro, uh, you know, as, as the best as I can. And then I use, uh, you know, I don't have an actual, you know, DSLR camera. Um, and, and it's kind of a daunting task to get into that because it, it can be overwhelming. You know, like what's a good setup? Do I need a tripod? You know, what's, what's a good, yeah. mid, you know, mid grade camera, you know, how do I start, how do I, how do I start learning all the features of it? And I, I know it takes time just as anything else. Uh, it's just incredible what you guys can capture. And I just, I appreciate it. Uh, I love it. And, you know, obviously you have a passion for it, Justin as well. And, you know, we've even talked, you know, just, getting you know getting a group together that can you know that can discuss these things and help each other out you know and um, yeah it's just fun man i love it no it's it's super fun and it's you know it it is there is a lot that goes into learning but also you know in today's day and age with youtube and google it's like you can learn stuff so quick um and uh, you know a lot of these cameras too it's like i mean i'm i'm all for learning proper technique and and you know understanding what goes into a great photo but um you know a lot of the time you can you can kind of set it and forget it with these things i mean i don't want to say that but uh, at the same time you know you kind of get a basic understanding and you can you can right. learn some of the the programmed uh settings just to you use those and kind of go off that and um it, it's it's it can be a little bit of work to learn but it, it's definitely worth it i mean i, I think it just it having a DSLR or something that, you know, can really capture depth of field just oh, that's amazing. adds a huge element to, to everything. And it gives you those moody shots and just yeah, brings like you back the way to you that guys moment. Do like the, the focus shots, you know, like if you have a fish and it's like, you know, like real close up, you can see the detail and then the background's kind of blurred. Like that's, I know it's probably just a, a real quick focusing um, technique, you know, but it's, I don't yeah. know, just, just adds a different dynamic and it's, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So it would take I mean, me still... way, way too long to figure out how to do that. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it would take me forever. 
and then you get like a you get like a picture of my uh you know of like my thumb or something you get, like, a th- a <laughs> yeah, thumb look, oh shit. yeah look, look look at this massive brown i caught <laughs> oh my thumbs yeah. in the way perfect Yo, oh god i love shooting trout man i mean they're just absolutely the most beautiful fish like they're they're incredible to shoot photos of I've seen a few guys that just shoot these like real close-up shots too. They have like a macro lens, and it just focused on the pattern, and it's just, just so such incredible work. I mean, those those fish are just amazing to look at. Yeah, I think again that go- it goes back to the same thing, you know, because it's it's almost a shame that you know a lot of us can't capture that. You know, we can't show people that. It's like we tell you know, I started talking to someone about fly fishing, and they can immediately you know tell like, wow, you you really love this, don't you? Like you you have a serious like passion for this. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, and they they get that, but just you know, just a little bit of banter between two people, they don't really get it. And what you're doing on on your website and on your Instagram page is phenomenal because it's yeah, not just you, so you know much. it's not just a grip and grin like you said which is a lot of those sites and i think you know i wish i wish they weren't on there quite frankly because it's not showing it's not showing the sport and its beauty right it's just kind of like oh look at me um yeah i don't know I mean, like your hero shots yeah there's a lot of them out there now and it's like especially yeah. in bass fishing it's like they'll be called bass fishing but then it's just like it's just like clickbait, you know, it's just like, how can we get a zillion views? And it's like, Absolutely. all right, it's cool. Like, that's a shocking video, but like, it's supposed to be fishing. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just been my focus. It's just like a just to kind of provide good quality content with like just telling a story, trying to trying to tell a story or ask a question and yeah and everything I do. So do you uh do you, is there a lot of drone involvement? Have you gotten have you gotten into that? I have I don't have a drone at the moment. Um I would love to get another one. They're super fun to use. I mean, especially for video and photos. Oh, I mean, I think like in all honesty, like if you want to be like a, a YouTuber or, or whatever, like create really cinematic compelling content like they're huge like they're so sick to get that like slow flying shot or like you know speeding it up or whatever just it gives you a whole nother perspective that you know even five ten years ago just either cost an arm and a leg or was you know you had to hire a helicopter yeah i mean they're they're so sick yeah i had one for a little bit and i i flew it over i flew it over the lake all the time just it's crazy. I got wild with that thing. I flew it into a couple trees, though. Yeah, dude, I'd be crashing <laughs> the shit out of that thing. Justin. Oh, yeah. I, that's probably why I wasn't an aviation guy. Yeah, I had a little, uh, <laughs> like, one of those little, like, fly hopper drones. It's, like, you're super small, you, like, 20 bucks you can get from, like, Walmart. Yeah, and yeah. I think that lasted all of about 15 seconds. Like yeah. I, I took off and flew it right into my TV, and that was it. I was yeah. like, nope. Especially after a few bats, you're not gonna be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are yeah. plenty of bats involved <laughs> with that one. Yeah. They're, they can be a little tricky to fly, but um, I mean, yeah. now with like the the whole satellite thing, it's like once you get them up there, they kind of just like stay there. Yeah. It's oh cool. yeah, I I read really about that. And yeah. That stuff. Yeah. No, you can get them to like track you and stuff. It's sick. I had when I had one, I was like, I was working for this real estate company and I was just shooting photos of houses all the time. And they're like, Hey, you want this drone? Like we'll pay you extra if you can shoot drone footage with this drone we give you. And I was like, sure, I'll go fly it over my lake. Like awesome. And, uh, that was sick, but I don't know if they got sketched out because I crashed it too many times or what. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, it was short-lived. That's awesome. But, well, hey, um, speaking of drone footage, um, actually, there's there's no segue for this. Actually, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so uh, you know, obviously, you're you're in uh, you know Southern California and the yeah. San Diego area, and um, you know, um, I'm just just from scrolling through your website and your Instagram, you know, obviously, super, you know, got a, got a huge passion for bass, and uh, I kind of wanted to go like get into what you actually do to kind of um, prepare for a bass trip and, you know, what you're looking for, um, what you're looking for photography-wise on top of a bass trip. Um, kind of go over your uh, your preparation just because I know I have no idea what's out there in San Diego um, in that area. Yeah. Uh, no, I it's it's definitely – it's a crazy place to, to live and especially to fish. Um, I mean – I. A typical day, like, I don't have a boat right now. Um, like I said, I'm originally from Rhode Island, and when I, I've been here for, like, three years now. And, uh, you know, I just got, like, a 12-foot John boat back home that I kind of have, like, rigged up on the lake. You know, I built a nice little casting platform in the bow and got, got the trolling motor mount up there and everything. Um, but I don't have that right now. So, uh, basically, you know, when I moved out here, I just brought a couple fly rods and I have one spinning rod, but I was like, yeah, I'm just going to fly fish a bunch because I don't want to bring all my conventional rods, my bait casters, like, you know. Um, so it's definitely, like, pushed me to fly fish a lot more, which is super cool. Um, but, yeah, like, typical day. I mean, recently I've been fishing with one of my buddies a lot, and he's got a pretty sweet boat. He's got, like, a 18-foot champion uh, with a 150 Merc on the back. Um, so, like, Basically, we'll, you know, try and get out on the water pretty early. Um, like I was talking to you guys before a little bit. A lot of the lakes here have uh, a schedule. So, like, they're not open seven days a week, and they're not open at night except certain nights. You know, they have night tournaments or certain nights designated for night fishing. Or but, wearing uh, a ghillie suit, right? Yeah, or wearing <laughs> a ghillie suit and hiding under a bush. Um, Real combat but, fishing. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I think most of the lakes open at five thirty or six. So, you know, with the photography, it, it makes it a little bit trickier. Um, you know, the night before I'm usually just going through my equipment, cleaning the lenses, making sure everything is charged up, making sure I don't forget anything. Um, same thing with the rods, you know, your kind of typical prep. I'm not like, I, I could be way better about it. Like I could definitely prep my stuff. I could spend some more time, but I, I, I try and just make sure everything's clean and good to go. Um, with, you know, lately we've been shooting video a lot, so it's kind of, I'll try and get to the lake. If we're meeting there at five 30, I'll try and get there at five and start shooting time lapse and then, you know, wait for my homie to roll up uh, and kind of go from there, shooting him loading the boat uh all that stuff because you know it's like we were talking about earlier it's about telling a story so with, with photos and video uh i'm trying to capture those moments like leading up to the fishing as well as you know the the casting the catching the fighting all that good stuff it's about the little moments too so um yeah just just kind of making sure all that is covered um it's you know i i I've been shooting a lot of video because I really like 
the storytelling aspect of it. And I think it's just, it's great for content. You know, it's, it's, I personally, I, I watch more video than I, well, I don't know if I watch more video than I look at photos, but I'm definitely more engaged with video. Um, but personally, like I, I love shooting photos. So I, I always have two cameras on me. Um, at, at least, um, yeah. So like pretty much I have like an older Canon that I, that I use, um, to shoot video is basically like I've skateboarded a lot growing up. So I kind of have like my fisheye set up on that. Um, so a nice wide angle. I, I kind of have that in hand at all times, like trying to get catch to cast, you know what I mean? Like, um, we have a GoPro rolling too. So that, that kind of adds if I'm, if I'm caught up in a moment or something, um, trying to shoot a photo, at least we have everything covered. Um, and that way I can step back and shoot a few photos, but I also have that wide angle that personally, like it's really not much better quality than a GoPro, but I just think the dynamic range, you get a little bit more vivid colors. Um, so I, I like to have that, that in my hand. And then as far as shooting photos, I have a Nikon D750. Uh, it's a full frame um, DSLR. Normally shooting with like a 50 mil, uh, 70 to 200. A um, little bit longer lenses just because I have the wide angle on the other one. And the GoPro is pretty wide. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can really zoom yeah. in and get those close shots of, of that detail. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, if you guys are familiar with photography at all, uh, f-stop is basically like mm-hmm. h- how how wide your lens can go. So like how much light you can allow in, and that kind of plays a role into the depth of field. So like, you know, how close get, or not how close, but like, so you can focus on something and the background can be really blurred. So like the lower the number, like f one point four or one point eight, you're gonna have like a really nice, beautiful blurred effect in the background. Okay. Um, so I. I shoot like, like my 7200 is an F2, uh, 2.8, sorry. Um, so that's like a pretty, pretty nice quality lens. Um, so it gets really, really sharp photos. Um, and then I'm at like 1.4 on my 50. So same thing, just nice, nice and beautiful bokeh as you would call it. It's just that, that blur. Yeah. See, see learning all that, like all the technical stuff, like is very interesting, but like, it'd be just be so much easier to have somebody that knows how to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Dude, and that's the thing is like, I go out there and, and it's, it can be frustrating and it isn't like, sometimes I, I feel like I almost treat it like a job because I'm like, right. I can't really fish right now because I, you know, you can't, if you have, especially, you know, with a fly rod, it's like, you can't really just like set it down and like pick up a camera. You like, you know, all of a sudden you do that. And then two minutes later, you're, wrapped around you know a tree or something or you got a fish on or you're just like oh shit but um yeah so sometimes i just kind of sit back and you know crack a beer and shoot some photos um but yeah no it's it's being in southern southern california is great um there's a ton of really really good fisheries around here and uh if you guys are familiar with bass fishing in in the United States, like Southern California is like probably where you're going to catch the biggest fish. Yeah. So, yeah. I had, I had no idea. Absolutely yeah. No idea. Yeah. It's just an ideal growing season. Uh, a lot of the lakes are stocked with Florida strain and trout. So I think 
you know, here they can just get big enough to eat the trout, and then that yeah, just, just makes it huge. Dude, yeah. I was going over your uh, – I was looking at your Instagram, and I saw a couple posts from – I think it's just one – I think it's one of your buddies. It might be the buddy you fish with, but he's literally throwing, like – he's throwing, like, a seven-inch bass, like, mini bass yeah. to catch the big bass. I was like, this is this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my buddy Evan. Yeah. Uh, his his tag there is Bass Factory one oh one and yeah. his his PB is uh fifteen seven. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> that's so stupid. That's, yeah. Wow. But I recently learned that I'm pretty sure the world record the world record bass on a fly rod was caught here. I oh I can't remember what lake it is. Uh if I if I look I'll I'll remember. Um but it's thirteen. Which, like, that's a big bass, but, I mean, there's a lot of people, like, believe it or not, out here, there's, like, there's a lot of people catching 10-pound-plus bass, for sure. So, like, I, I don't feel like that's out of the question on a fly rod. Like, you got to sit on that fish for a minute, for sure, but they're definitely out there. Yeah. That's incredible, because, you know, I guess, I, yeah, I like, same thing you were saying, Justin, I just wouldn't really think that, you know, like, I'm out here right by Toledo Bend, you know, which is, like, super popular and then you've got sam rayburn which is like two hours yeah. from me which is like i mean those two are the best lakes in i think in the u.s you know really i mean as far as like you know hosting tournaments and and such um but that's incredible really that you have that fishery there in california um yeah you got i probably got a lot of carp fishing too as well uh, i don't know if you do that too much but i'm sure they're out there yeah no they, they definitely are i know up in like the la river um yeah yeah and those are actually yeah, the homies. There's a there's a couple of dudes up in um, up north of here in Encinitas. It's like really beautiful uh, kind of seaside. I wouldn't really call it a town. It's more of like a city, but I guess a town. I don't know. Um, they just started making these reels. It's called session the sessions, and their their whole concept is like just that like fly fishing is like really kind of in that same same realm as like surfing or snowboarding you know it's like you're you're surfing you're on the water you're snowboarding you're in the mountains the trout the you know the salt water stuff so um they've they talked to me a little bit about going up to la and, and filming some skating uh mixed with some fly fishing so for carp so that's okay I definitely i've never done it but I'm, yeah I'm you could do like an really urban in... shoot with some some skating like you know down there and then and then bam you got fly fishing too which is pretty badass yeah, well, I know some of the the rivers up there go into like the the drainage like spillways there, and when they're low, it's just like these massive banks on both sides, and you can mm -hmm. kind of cruise around there. It looks super fun. Yeah, it does. Just like roll time. roll up to probably just like hit a pebble, flip over, and break my fly rod. <laughs> That's such a and wild combo. <laughs> such a wild combo. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skate this half pipe down to the uh, the LA River and just crush some carp. It's just so urban here, man. It's like even the lakes are, I mean, it, it, they're a nice escape depending on where you go. But some of them, I mean, Lake Murray is 15 minutes from my house. And like, dude, I live in like, I mean, I don't live downtown San Diego, but I'm like 10 minutes from downtown and it's 15 minutes east from me. So like, you can imagine like it's, it's like surrounded. Like there's not, there's just houses. It's like a park around it, but buildings, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, like when you when you moved to you know Southern California the San Diego area, um, what kind of research did you do on on the lakes? Um, like what what lakes stood out to you? What um you know what did you uh, look for 
when you were uh, looking for like you know a good bass fishery? Was it just online research well, or? I think it was like probably 2008 or 2009. Uh, I read a book and it was about Mike Long. Are you guys familiar with Mike at all? I'm not. He's uh he's he he's a guy up north of here. And he really just like focused on catching a world record bass and he hasn't done it. But, um, so I read that and I was like, I kind of had the idea and this was, you know, 10 years ago, I guess. So seven years before I moved here. And, uh, so I knew that it was like a really good fishery. I knew Lake Dixon, which is, uh, up North a little bit, like maybe 45 minutes from where I'm at. And that's, like, he's posting pictures, like, if you check this dude out, Mike Long, uh, he's, like, you know, 17-pound bass, like, just monsters, monsters. Um, and then there's, like, Poway Lake, which is right in the area. I, I kind of just moved here and, like, started started researching a little bit online. There's, like, I think it's, like, Fish SD or something. There's a pretty good website that covers a lot of a lot of the areas. And, like, everything here is owned by the city, and it's all, like, it's all, you know, made to be super accessible. So, uh, there's, there's a ton of information on it. And then Instagram, dude, like the way I met my homie that I fish with every weekend now is just Instagram, just hitting people up. Like, dude, uh, I, you know, I, I think for me, it's kind of easy. Cause I'm just like, Hey, like, can I come on your boat and just shoot some photos of you fishing? And people are generally like, I mean, I think some people take it as like, who's this, who's this guy like trying to, trying to find all my spots, you know, cause like whether they're into tournaments or you know trying to catch a big bass it's like people get a little bit protective but uh the community here is pretty chill so i've had some good luck just reaching out to people and you know i I think i think people people generally like getting their picture taken especially when they're doing something they love so it's been easy easy to find find water and find people to go out with and most of the lakes you can rent a boat too if you want oh that's so yeah yeah People would definitely just be like, yeah, who's this weirdo who wants to come drink on my boat? Like, if I was trying to do it. <laughs> right. I guess yeah, I guess yeah, I got to take up photography and, then. Beer, let me on. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's, no, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. That's, That's really incredible. interesting. So so it's pretty much like, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're meeting your uh, you know, your best friend, your best fishing buddy on Instagram. Um, I I just never really even thought to, to do that, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think especially when you're on, like, the photo-video side of it and, like, you're focused on, like, creating content, it's it's makes it a little bit easier just because, you know, it's it's cool to get out there and get filmed or film. And, um, you know, especially with Instagram and you have people that are, like, focused on it or, you know, guys that are have a goal. You know, they're trying to, trying to catch a, a world record or a 15-pounder or even 10-plus or they're fishing tournaments, you know, they're, you know, they're, they want sponsors and all that. And then that's, you know, you, you know, iPhone photos are great. And there's definitely guys that just kill it with GoPros or just shooting real simple video. But, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's kind of crucial to have, have some, some good shots and you know, people, people are pretty receptive to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, would you say you're, what what's your goal with bass fishing? You think it's uh, was it originally to catch you know the the world record bass on the fly or the world record bass in general like any all tackle or um has it kind of um, evolved over time? It's definitely evolved. I mean, 
my introduction to fishing was pretty simple. Like I, I grew up on a lake in Rhode Island, which is the ocean state. And, you know, it's it kind of ironic because the striped bass fishing there is just phenomenal. Um, and I just grew up on this lake and it was just so easy. You know, I always had a canoe growing up and then, you know, John boats and I had a bass boat at one time. Um, so I was just going out there just for fun, man. I didn't really care. I mean, obviously catch the biggest fish you can. Um, and I think like, you know, growing up as a kid, I just loved fishing. My dad was super, uh, heavily involved in trout unlimited. So that, you know, I would always go trout fishing, you know, as a, you know, early on opening day and all that good stuff. But then, you know, we would go fly fishing, um, and then I think when I got a little bit older, like 16, 17, it was like, you know, I, the lake was always there and it was like an easy way to like kind of duck out for a little bit, you know, it's just like kind of escape and no one kind of looking at you. You just go out and be alone for a bit. And then, um, I moved to Utah for a little bit when I was in college. Um, and I mean, that's when I like really got into fly fishing because the, the trout fishing there is just incredible. Um, so I, I lived there for about nine months or a year on and on. It was like, like altogether, I was back and forth for like two years. Um, you know, going down to Lake Powell and, and all sorts of good stuff up in Wyoming, the green river, um, the Provo right up there in park city on the other side. Um, all that good stuff. And then I had a, I had an opportunity to go finish school. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to Rhode Island. And I just like, ever since then, I just really only wanted to tuck a fly rod. So, uh, that, that's when I like really started to get back into filming, um, and shooting photos. Like my buddies and I would just go out and just catch a bunch of largemouth on the fly. And then, you know, spring is like the worm hatch and on saltwater and you can just go in the saltwater ponds there and you know have a chance at a 40 50 pound striper on the fly is just crazy so uh you know a lot of that um a lot of just getting out there and fishing and then you know i got a couple good good largemouth on the fly i think i, I got like a couple fives and a six which for rhode island is like pretty pretty good size there's not a ton of big fish there it's all all northern strain and there's not a ton of bait but i was lucky enough to live on like a a pretty pretty great lake that's um didn't have much pressure and it was just like you know i think that was a big part of it too is like there's it was just kind of like dumb easy to catch fish there too so like i got sick of always throwing like spinning tackle and i was like i need to fly fish more and uh, <laughs> you start throwing some mouse patterns huh yeah dude poppers uh just big articulated streamers too it's like dude we we got crazy man there was a while we'd be like you know like the day the ice was out like half the lake would be covered in ice and we'd like throw a five horse on the back like on the back of a john boat and like bring like a shovel and just like chop our way through the ice to get to open water that's what i'm talking and about then, uh, yeah no nah, it's it's fun Dedication. it was super fun um but yeah that that kind of like I don't know. I lived in Utah for a bit and I was like, I don't know. I, I felt like I didn't really get enough of a chance to like be away from Rhode Island. Um, and that was something I had wanted to do. So that kind of, that 
mixed with work just kind of brought me to Southern California. And I, from, from there on out, it's just been trying to hit the lake and, you know, always, always have a flyer out of my hand and a camera just getting after it really. That's what it's about. Getting after it. Yeah, no, for sure. Just getting out there, being on the water, you know, it's like, dude, half the time I, I could care less if I have a camera or a rod in my hand. It's just getting out there, being away from it all, especially living in the city, man. It's like, you, you need that. You do. You, you grow up, grow up in the woods and then move to somewhere as urban as Southern California. It's like, so uncomfortable. dude, I go, I go a little bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I, I haven't been fishing in, in a, in a minute and I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit. So I, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, it's there. No, it's, it's, it's tough not getting on the water. That's, that's, you know, growing up, I never, you know, you buy a fishing license at the beginning of the year and that's it. And then here it's like every single day, if you want to fish, you got to pay eight bucks for a permit. So it's crazy. Like you, it's not exactly cheap to fish here. You know, it's like, well, I think I paid like 60 or 70 bucks for a, for a license. And then, you know, if you got to, if you have a boat, you got to, buy a day permit and then a, a, a ramp fee so it ends up you know not even including gas you're already spending like 25 bucks just to fish for the day wow. wait so they don't have like any an type annual? of yeah like they don't have like an annual fishing license like you have to buy no they have just to... they have an annual fishing license you got to buy that and then each lake uh i don't know if they're just uh... owned by different cities or or exactly what the deal is but each one charges a, a, a daily fishing fee. It's like seven or eight bucks. It's unreal. Imagine yeah, I would definitely, fishing. yeah, I would definitely be out there in a ghillie suit. Like going, going yeah. to the little Lehigh, and it's like, oh, I'm just gonna go catch this afternoon hatch. It's like, oh well, put your eight bucks in the fucking in the drop box. You know, it's like what? Yeah, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. No, that's that's exactly how it is. I mean, I know they need to make money, you know, but there's other ways. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot. Of I things mean, by different places. I don't but. feel like I've like really lived here long enough to completely like get a grasp on how well they manage the lakes and the fish mm -hmm. but it, it seems pretty well i mean it's i mean then if you want a lot of these lakes you can go rent a boat for the day but you know that's another 30 bucks just for the day um but i mean it's kind of a nice option to have if you got a buddy it's it's not too bad you know split it 15 bucks each um so that's nice. You know, I couldn't, I don't have anywhere to store a boat at my place. So, uh, it definitely, definitely makes for a decent option. It's just, you know, you got to fork over the change. Yeah. I guess it's, I guess it's an interesting thing to talk about just because, or to think about, um, just because it's like, you know, we, we take for granted our, our public waterways, um, especially here on the East coast, um, take it for granted. Um, we have to think like maybe, by putting in that eight bucks, you know, every time you go out and fish, um, or the, the quality of fish, is it better? You know, are, am I, am I more likely to catch a, you know, 16, 17 inch Brown or a, you know, seven pound bass, um, instead of for sure. know, going for free and maybe not having a chance of a fish like that. Um, maybe not having as great access. Um, cause I know some of the things that we deal with, um, especially down south was the access, the, the you know, private property um, getting, like, you know, shot oh, at as so you're trying to get to the river. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I'd be willing, I think I'd be willing to pay, you know, a couple bucks just to gain access to a, 
uh, a large body of water. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to think that it's going going to a good cause. I mean, certainly the the size of the fish here is you know much bigger than your your I guess average average bass, but um. I mean, especially with the the whole trout thing, you know, where they're stocking these these essentially just bass ponds with trout. Um, I mean, I've heard that it used to be a lot crazier. Like they used to be dumping thousands of trout in there, and now it's down to like hundreds. Um, you know, I've heard these stories of like got just like five or six boats like surrounding the the truck as it backs up and dumps these fish in, and just like just schools of 10 pound bass just sitting just there and, mowing you know, them down. yeah guys just throwing big streamers or a giant swim bait and you know catching two or three 10 pounders wow yeah you have to think about the ethics of that i guess you know yeah, that's kind of that's kind of shitty but i mean hey. yeah it is i i completely agree yeah i mean um, it's like throwing it's like throwing a rainbow it's warrior like fishing. out yeah. Let me let me break it time down to you, Mike. I don't know if you heard the episode um, that maybe uh, Justin alluded to him fishing uh, prior to a ch- ch- child fishing tournament. <laughs> I okay, did. So yeah. yeah, if you caught that <laughs> one, uh, that's kind of how I envision it. You know, it's like, oh wow, I'm killing it today. It's like, yeah, it's because they just dumped ten thousand hungry trout in here. Yeah. Yeah. I had to take a, a shot at kids. you, Justin. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right, exactly. man. That, <laughs> I get, I get that one. Yeah, we had, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta play that one back. I had a hell of a day, though, boys. You did have a hell of a day until that guy <laughs> told you the tournament was going on. Yeah, about that. <laughs> it's okay, Poaching though. fish Everybody from kids. Needs a reason to yeah, I know. Like, what a, such a dick move. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I hate myself. I love that. I was cracking up, dude. It's the funniest thing. That's hilarious. I've fished in a few like bass, like hatchery type things. I was down in. Uh, louisville one time in kentucky and my buddy's aunt worked for the whatever it is department of fish and game and she was like here come with a come with me and we like took a few casts and it's like just crazy it's madness yeah it's like a stock it's stupid pond. it's a lot of fun yeah you know? i mean for people that it's don't... fun for a second it's not yeah like, you're like this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah every cast you're exactly. t- catching a five pounder it's like this is I, pr- I shouldn't be here this is a crime yeah no yeah. It's, it's too easy yeah, at, at some point you realize like something's wrong, you know, like it's not right what I'm doing. Yeah, you got to put in some work. I mean, otherwise it's just yeah. There's no challenge. There's no chase. It's kind of just like me. Exactly. So you did allude to the fact that uh, you did a you did a little bit of striper fishing uh, up in Rhode Island. Now, obviously you're, yeah. you're close to the coast uh, in California. Now, like, is there any opportunities uh, in that regard for you? As as you know, have you really ventured out um, into that? There world? are. A- ton but i i haven't really taken full advantage of it um one thing i've been dying to do is they have these like san diego bay bonefish that i've really want to go um as you kind of got to get like down south a little bit closer to mexico yeah uh i mean not really i think they're up here too but that's where i've heard like guys are catching more of them um so that that i've heard is super fun i know there's like corbina and um you know i know there's guys out there too like catching mako on fly rods which oh, is like yeah that's crazy like that's yeah get, gotta the, be get so the 12 much weight fun. and hang on boys yeah <laughs> no i mean especially right now it's like i'm pretty sure i don't know if it still is but i know at one point this summer the water was like the warmest it's ever been so i'm sure like 
I'm sure the shark fishing is like incredible. Oh yeah, I know there's been there's been a lot more, you know, I mean not to like throw this out there from a surfing standpoint, but I know there's been a lot more uh white shark sightings and, and stuff and activity uh you know in in California in general and I th- I think that has a lot to do with what you're talking about as far as you know temperature and and stuff like that. Yeah. Migration. Uh, yeah, it was crazy warm a couple of weeks ago, just like yeah. 105 for like 5 days in a row, Good 6 God. days. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, so the um, reason I kind of brought that up, um, you know, obviously I, I just moved to Louisiana, so I, I, by, you know, I fish for trout by trade. Um, you know, I grew up in Utah yeah. and Colorado, and then, uh, you know, I fished for trout as as long as I can remember, and then, you know, I got stationed out of Fort Campbell in Tennessee, uh, you know, with Justin, and you know, we we did get to do some trout fishing, you know, up uh, near the Smokies, which was great, but primarily, uh, you know, I had to resort to warm water. I mean, that was what was there. It was accessible. You know, I didn't have to drive, you know, hours at a time to fish. Uh, so I kind of had to learn, like, you know, that whole new style of, uh, of fishing, which was, which is great because it's, you know, it's, it's such a challenge. And then, you know, now in Louisiana, I've got the bass, but now I've got the salt water, you know, so yeah. I'm telling Justin, like, I'm going down to New Orleans this weekend to try my hand at redfish. Um, That's what's up, yeah. Yeah, and try to chase some of those guys and, you know, maybe catch, uh, I mean, you never really know, you know, kind of a wild card in the ocean, but um, it's, just, yeah. it's just fun, man, when you were talking about kind of, you know, you, you know, you grew up fishing for this and now you're kind of transitioning to this, it just kind of, it just makes you more well-rounded, you know, as a as a fly fisherman. I, it's not so much about the fish. Again, it's it's about the experiences, you know, getting out in these different uh, different climates and, and different terrain. It's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll tell you, like growing up doing like I like I said, I always fish for largemouth a lot more. But you know, growing up throwing a nine weight on the ocean when it's blowing, like you get pretty used to casting in a lot of wind. So it makes, you know, a day on the lake or a day on the river seem a little bit, um, a little more mellow. I mean, it's nice. I mean, obviously you got to watch out for brush and you're kind of picking apart cover more, but, um, yeah, the backhand cast. I, I love my backhand cast now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't backhand cast at all. Yeah, I suck Ju- at it. Justin's a good roll caster. That's about it. That's all I got. Because for because I don't know if you've checked Nymphs a whole lot, uh, Mike, but we uh, you know you really need a back cast for that. It's really just like a dump cast, essentially, kind of like when you're bass fishing with you know big heavy streamers and you got a big yeah you know, big weighted line on there and a nice nice stiff rod. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't done too much of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different ball game because you know like for bones or. Um, you know, dry fly fishing and stuff. You're really that back cast is essential, you know, because you gotta you gotta put that fly exactly where it needs to land. But when you're when you're doing check nymphing and stuff like that, really, I mean, you know, the essential part of it is is drifting that fly through there at the right depth. Um, yeah. You know, the right pattern and stuff. It's not so much where it's exactly you know landing. So it's just more of a more of a dump cast. So. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I mean, uh, many hangups. For sure. Yeah. No, that's definitely nice. Um, I think too, like fishing off the back of a boat a lot, especially with like bass fishing, I'm generally like the second guy on a boat. Mm-hmm. So always just kind of got to make sure, you know, you're kind of at, at the mercy of whoever's in front steering. So yeah, kind of got to learn to cast all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's already been fish and, you know, you got the B water and the like B roll 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. 
it's the same thing as a drift boat, really. You know, if you got two guys, like one guy's bound to get the shaft here and there. So. Yeah, no, nah, I mean it works out, but yeah. I feel like a lot of time I'm fishing, I'm throwing, a, you know, I have a fly rod and my buddy's, you know, throwing a, a swim bait or something on a conventional setup, and it's like you just covered that water about 15 times in, in the time it took me to make three casts, <laughs> and I'm fishing in the back of the boat, so it's like. You know, it's amazing and I can't watching cast them whip those half the those distance. lures, man. Just zipping them oh, in there, crazy. just skating them, and and just like pulling those fish in. I'm like, dude, are you gonna fight the fish, or are you just like, try, <laughs> is this a tournament? Are you trying to get it in, and like the like the less yeah, amount of time, the better. Water you know? skiing, like, golly, like I love yeah. fighting fish. That's why I do it. But yeah, I mean, it's cool own. with the big swim baits, just because they're like, Monsters. you get a fish on one of those, you know, it's gonna be giant, yeah. and then it's like, you know, it's pretty easy for for a good sized bass to throw a heavy lure especially when it's just treble hooks sure um so it can bounce around but yeah yeah like i've been i've been throwing a lot of uh a lot of streamers that's kind of been my thing is like just mm-hmm. you know as big as i can go just try and try and imitate that trout or sunfish or shad um and just size up as big as i can i, I got like an eight foot eight weight um Hell yeah! And then I got a, a nine foot nine weight as well, with like a large arbor reel, which is kind of my my saltwater setup. A little bit overkill for the bass, but um, fuck man, I mean, if you get into a sixteen pounder, you're gonna you're gonna be thankful. You yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, fishing heavy cover. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I I just picked yeah. up a nine weight, so I'll be curious. I've never casted a nine weight, so we'll see. But that's gonna be my saltwater rod. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little tricky, especially. I don't know, I think that the eight weight might be a little eight foot eight weight. It's like kind of stiff and a little bit shorter too. So it's right. like, you know, you don't get that, that whip. Yeah. But, um, that's a fun fit. I mean, the hook set on that is just, like, oh, yeah. feels so good. Just wait. laying. Yeah just, yeah. just pull on that line and just let him have it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Nothing like it. I'm getting like really bad anxiety thinking about having to fish streamers now. it's so much fun i love fishing streamers i'm telling you justin like so justin has a hard time hanging on to uh hanging on to to his comfort zone did the dude can check nymph like nobody's business you know Um, yeah yeah i just been telling him to get out like i have to do it too i'm like dude just take like only take your streamers you know because it forces you to uh to branch out and, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're fishing a river and you're, and you're searching for big trout, like you may not catch anything at all. Um, yeah. That's kind of the, you know, that's just the risk of, of fishing big streamers. But like you said, when you do connect, it's usually a really good fish. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the same, same way with what I'm doing. It's just, you know, trying to, you know, get my hands on or tie like a, a nine inch streamer or something massive and wow. just, it's like a, yeah, you know, like flies almost. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. pike, muskie. I mean, those same type of thing. Just such big looking for a yeah. good fish. Yeah. So you're you're tying all your own streamers? Um, I I was for a while. I haven't been recently just because I've had so much material and like I just couldn't fit it all in the car when I came out here. I, I also when I moved here it was a little bit short notice and wasn't quite planning on staying for so long, but um. Yeah, so I didn't bring all my stuff, and I haven't shipped it out. But I, I have, I have so much tied already, and just stuff my friends have sent me, and all sorts of goodies. That's, That's awesome, cheap. man. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna branch out to uh, tying streamers, and I think it's gonna kind of force me to fish them more. Uh, yeah. 
but I, I think I think just tying a good streamer is just I mean one of the one of the coolest flies you can tie. I mean just the style, um, the things Absolutely. you can do with it. Um, so I really I have mad respect for for dudes that can tie you know bits of like you know, nine inch articulated streamers. You know, uh, yeah, I think well, it's really it's, interesting. It's nice to have like a little bit bigger hook to tie on too. It's like, I, I think it makes things easier just because you're not you know in there like super tight. <laughs> God. Trying to trying to tie something tiny. A little, a little size 22 um, Juju B midge or something. Exactly. I can tie the shit out of those. Yeah, after a couple <laughs> beers, you can't tie shit. That's <laughs> the problem. Don't tell me how to live my life, Bryce. No, no, you know I'm I, just saying that's the problem. You know that's I'm how great. I get it. You know, I'm tying you know I'm flies great. at 10:30 at night, and I'm like, you know, I have four beers deep, and I'm like, I can't even see the fly. Like, not because I'm drunk, I just, you know, I just can't see the fly. Like, it's just so hard. But if I had a big old, you know, 2-0, you know, streamer hook, probably be a little yep. better. Mine would still look oh, like a mongoloid sure. next morning. <laughs> a mongo- yeah, you'd be like, what is this? <laughs> it's like half dragonfly, half half mouse pattern, and then it's just yeah. slaying, slaying Betty's. That's what I needed to do. That's what I, I I blew it on this summer is a dragonfly pattern. Oh, dude, they're killer. Yeah, I've seen some giant fish come out. Just like, I fucking love those dragonflies, man. Right out of the tulies, just yeah. massive. Because you can probably tie them weedless, too, which is cool. And you can just zip them, even on a fly rod, you just zip them through those lily pads. And I mean, I don't know what kind of cover you guys got, cattails and whatever else. Yeah, it's like a lot of these like big reeds are called tulies. Um, okay. Just everywhere. I mean, some of these lakes, like the lake I've been fishing the most recently, it's pretty unique. Like if, you, if you've been on my uh, on New School Bass, you've seen it. It's um, It's kind of in the it looks pretty like like it's in the desert uh just a lot of mountains around it very dry and it's just it's really cool i mean it's like a jungle underneath it's just you know i think 180 or 200 feet of water was just like you know there's like 30 foot trees down there um shoreline drops off pretty quick one thing it's pretty cool a couple days ago i saw um when i i guess it was it was probably a couple weeks ago in all reality um there was a bunch of lizards just sunning themselves on the rocks. And uh, I saw one one big old guy, and he was just, like, flexing. Like, this dude was doing push-ups right on the rock. I don't even, I've never seen a lizard do that. I don't even know. It looked like an iguana. Oh, you're talking this about thing a person? was massive. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it was yeah. just in this back cove, and I was like, dude, I wonder if I bounce. I was sort of streamer. I was like, I wonder if I bounce this right off that rock. And I, I just literally hit it on a rock. It was, like, three or four feet up. I gave it a little twitch and just slid down the rock right into the water and the second it hit the water i just i felt that fish just set the hook oh my god pulled it right out of the water so epic was it good fish? Yeah. it was pretty good i mean nothing yeah. crazy it was like a three pounder but oh, okay yeah I mean, i'm sure they just sit there because those, those lizards are bound to make a mistake right yeah no i mean dude i bet there's some some hogs sitting right under there for yeah. sure you got that's something i want to do more of a little baby duck dude pattern. You Have seen you those ever videos? seen the those ducks getting seen, just sucked yeah. off the surface? Oh, it's <laughs> dude, it's it's like what the yeah, even some of the frogs. It's like yeah, oh, the frogs boy. too. It's massive. I love frog frog flies. That's such a such a satisfying cast though when you bounce it off of something right into a, right a, a, like a prime lie. Yeah, it was just so cool watching it slide down the rock and just like I don't know. It's one of those one of those moments. Like I don't even care how big this fish is. It's just like that was <laughs> yeah. a, that was a cool way to catch a fish. Now, do you think do you think the pattern even matters at that point, or is it more the the commotion, you know, and the and the splash in the water? 
I think it was for sure a reaction bite. Um, I, you know, I probably could have thrown anything in there and just uh, he would have hit it. He was just waiting for something to fall and fall right on his head. Yeah, sure. I mean that, that's wild when you think about it. That it's just you. It didn't matter what you threw. You perfectly imitated like a a split second in time. Yeah, you know? it, it, that's so cool to think about. No, it's it's epic. Yeah, especially I mean like summertime too it just it it gets so hot i mean you know the water's like in the 80s and especially it was the last time i was out it was right in the middle of that heat wave so it was like you know the surface of the water is like 110 it's like just so hot so those fish are pretty lethargic you got to really like wake them up or you know put something right in front of their face or scare the shit out of them to get them to hit it um so i think it was just like perfect timing Crazy, but the topwater bite's been good too. So, big old, big old poppers and frogs, and you know, my buddy throws this thing—not uh, a fly, but it's called a lunker punker. Have you guys ever heard of that? No, I didn't. No, it's I intriguing. haven't. I love to hear about it. Dude, yeah, it's like something you catch a muskie on. It's like a nine-inch, like just board. Like it's just like a black, like just massive plug. And like this thing, like dude, it like looks like an alligator would eat it. Like it's huge. And, uh, dude, you just get fish blowing up on it. It's insane. Like, I've never seen a bass hit something so big. Wow. And this thing just, I mean, it's, it's got, like, a treble on it, yeah? Like, you can catch it. Yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like a walk-the-dog bait. Like, it just yeah. goes back and forth. And uh-huh. it's just just so big, dude. It's amazing. I mean, any anything from trout to, to bass, uh, you know, to saltwater species, the, 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 the amount of, like, the the size of the prey that they're they're willing to, to attack is astounding. Oh, for sure. You know, brown trout eating another brown trout that's like half the size of that brown. I mean, you catch like a 13-inch brown trout and he's got a 6-inch brown trout hanging out of his mouth and then eat your fly too. It's like, what? You know, like what Madness. is it? What is a 30-inch brown little savages. Of, you know? Could eat like a little, legit like little kitten, you know? Yeah, dude, browns are so badass. It's insanity, man. Well, you kind of you got to think like what what are bass capable of eating with their mouths? You know, oh, like yeah. the way bucket, small dude. children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, like a, a sixteen or seventeen pound bass could eat like a full si- a full size duck. Just oh, they're massive. Gone. Dude. It's like just what? So never. And when they get that big, their eyes like start to bug out. They're just yeah. like, they look like aliens. They it's do. Weird. I've noticed that they just get real big and black, and it's like oh shit. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. And it's like that's a true carnivore right there, man. Yeah. Dude, Absolutely. bass are like they're I I've always loved them, but they're they're like a, a pretty prime predator for sure. Like they're they're badass fish. I mean I just think it's so cool too. And like I a big part of why I always like try and push fly fishing on new school too, um, is it's just so cool because like I mean, any lake you go to in the country, and at this point, like, a lot of parts of the world, like, it can be a drainage ditch on the side of the road, a river, a reservoir, a big lake, like, chances are there's going to be bass in there. So it's just, like, it's so cool that, you know, you, you just have, like, you can have one fly rod and, like, just go hit some farm pond or, you know, some urban little creek or you know, a drainage ditch and, like, catch fish. It's just so accessible, which is, is just, well, I think, why I've always loved bass fishing. I mean, I, I, trout, I love trout fishing for sure. Like, I was up in, in the Sierras, like, 
back in June catching golden trout and some rainbows oh, and all sorts no of cool more. stuff. Dude, I've heard the yeah. Sierras are just like stupid good. Dude, it's like go there. That's all I have to say. Yeah, like, it's fair in, enough. Just, dude, waking up 6 a.m. It's like you know, like I, we went out there. Um, it was in June, and we were in this town. I think. Oh, what, what, I can't remember the name of the town anyways. It's it's right near Mount Whitney, which is the, the highest peak in the continental U.S., I believe. Um, and we were down there, and we were like, we stayed on the Kern for a few days, and there was like a lot of stocked fish. And it was, it, it was great to be out of the city and camping by a river for a few days, drinking beers, you know, just chilling, fishing every day. Um, but then we, we were going to go up and just like camp in uh, Alabama Hills, which is like, just it's almost like moab or like southern utah just like just kind of like weird rock formations um and we got there and it was like you know it's like probably like 105 like it was just stupid hot and i was like dude i'm gonna wake up at 7 a.m and it's gonna be 90 degrees like this is dumb like i don't want to do that it's too hot um and i was like just sitting there and i was like we were in town and i saw there's a fly shop and i knew the fly fishing was pretty good but when you're when you're up there and you know, like I'm not super, super, uh, like I don't know California as well as other places. I haven't lived here all that long. I didn't realize how close we were. Um, so I was like, you know, pull it up on Google and I was like, I know we're pretty close to golden trout wilderness. Like, let me see. Uh, so I look up and it's like a 45 minute drive. I'm like, all right, sick. Like, well, I'm getting out of this heat. I'm going to go, I'm going to go up in the Hills a little bit. And, like, little do I know, it's, like, 45 minutes going from, like, 4,000 4, feet high to 10,000 feet high. Oh, wow. Like, no guardrails. Just, like, the gnarly – I mean, it wasn't the gnarliest road I've ever been on. Like, uh, you guys have been to Utah. You know, like, yeah, some... <laughs> little cottonwood or big cottonwood okay, canyon. Yeah, yeah, like, it's real kind of similar to that, but yeah. no guardrails. Yeah. Uh, and we just, we got up there and it was like almost dark and, uh, we set up camp and chilled for a little bit, passed out the next morning, you know, I wake up, it's like 30 degrees out. I'm like, Holy shit, it's cold. Um, walk, you know, probably like a quarter of a mile, half a mile down to this like big meadow. And it's like, you're looking up, you're probably at 8,000 feet looking up at these 10,000 foot peaks with snow on them in June. And you know, this stream is like, you know, you can, you could spit across the thing. It's like maybe three or four feet wide. So you're just sitting, casting across more grass than water and just, you know, little six, nine inch, like beautiful golden trout. So that was the, the first golden I'd ever caught. That was a bucket list for sure. I was super, yeah, super awesome. stoked. That's such a, such that's a good incredible. experience. Yeah. That's a great story. I mean, um, yeah, no, that's, it's dude. The Sierras are epic. Just absolutely beautiful country for sure and it's just to be in california and like my experience with southern california is just how urban it is just to like i mean you're driving five or six hours to get up there from where i'm where i'm at but it's just so worth it just just to get that that serenity and just get away from people for a bit and you know even up there there's you know the campsites are always kind of full but it's it's just the world's different yeah yeah, epic. That was that was huge, man. I'd I'd been 
I've been wanting, I was like, dude, the second I catch a golden trout, I'm going to get a golden trout tattoo. Like, that was my thing. Like, I always wanted a trout tattoo. And, like, a couple months before, I was like, I can't wait any longer. So, I, like, I got this, like, brook trout tattoo, and I was, like, super stoked on it. And then, like, two two weeks later, I'm like, catching a golden. I like, should have just waited. Oh. Get, the, get it. Get the golden tattoo, man. Yeah, I'm going to, dude. I got it. I got it on my leg, and then I'm going to get another one on my other leg, I think. Get the golden. <laughs> Hell, yeah. That's That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's good great, stuff, man. man. I mean, that's such a good idea. I think I'm gonna get like a brown tattooed on my ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm gonna Hell do. Yeah. I'm gonna fill it out like a little, a little brown or brook trout tramp stamp. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you get your waiters on in the morning. I'll see your ass cheek, and I'll be like, "Oh, look at that brown." That's a good idea. It's gonna, though, gonna stretch. A... It's gonna stretch over time, so it'll actually I'll grow it on like you, in Mike. size. <laughs> this is all your fault. Put this idea uh, in my head. Yeah. I don't want any blame for bad tattoos. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, oh, it's Mike's fault. We were on a podcast and uh, decided, uh, decided to get a brown trout on my butt cheeks. So <laughs> that'd be fantastic. It's like, I, I think that's like, it has more to do with my bad decision making than anything. Oh, but... yeah. It's not the tattoo, really. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a, a symbol of remembrance. Hey, well, so you guys, you guys have been fishing in Pennsylvania a little bit, yeah? Yeah, Justin has. Yeah, okay. I, I, uh, I grew up here, and then, um, uh, you know, I, I, obviously I went down to, uh, you know, Fort Campbell with Bryce for a couple of years, and I was down in South Carolina for uh, another two years, and I just moved back in March. But, dude, Pennsylvania is pretty sick. I, I've fished quite a bit. Um, just my cousin went to school at uh, at Penn State, and just right outside of State College, it was amazing trout fishing. Oh, yeah, I, it's it's so good. Uh, so I mean, sick. It's, it's really um it, it's interesting because it's you know it's all limestone uh limestone oh, bed the hatches feet. are insane yeah i mean it, they're awesome and i mean um you've got you've got like a different different type of fishing just because you've got all that like algae and uh bullshit on the bottom so you kind of gotta be aware of that and you know really really match the hatch and um pick them out but oh yeah state college is so good uh and really all over the state you get up to uh you know the west branch of the delaware uh down the yellow breaches um uh man what's the other the, the juniata like i mean it's really a it, i don't want to say it flies under the radar but you know it's uh, kind of a hidden gem especially uh you know with like west virginia right here and i mean new oh, york man. yeah yeah, I love it too. Just like being out here, like I mean, I grew up uh, and there was a few trout streams near me that I fished quite a bit. But um, you know, just having that lush green, you know, just overhanging trees—that's something that like, you know, Western rivers we don't really see that all that much. You know, it's more mountainous and dry and that kind of stuff. I mean, there's obviously trees, but not not the same as as that that lush East Coast greenery. Yeah, it's it's really tight. I mean, it's it's almost like um, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of what I would picture like a perfect spring creek to be like. Um, yeah. You know, real real gradual, um, a light flow. I mean, um, sometimes the rivers get raging, but I mean, they're 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 small creeks. They're really um, got got a lot of cover and food, and um, I mean, just a beautiful, gorgeous state for fly fishing. Absolutely, I got to get back there, man. That's that's one place I've, I've not fished enough. I got to be honest with you, man. Like I I live here and I don't fish it enough. I, I I really uh, 
I really need to, but you you are more than welcome anytime you're out here to to come crash in my place and we'll go we'll go fish a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm uh, I'm I've been kind of scheming lately on on trying to get back to the East Coast for a bit, um, and I think that if I do, I'm just gonna have to like make it an epic road trip and just I've already had a few people I've posted a few times on New School like just like throwing the idea out there and I've had a pretty good response with people just like dude roll through i'll take you fishing and like i just want to do that i just want to like fish my way across the country for sure hell yeah that'd be awesome that absolutely yeah make that happen man yeah i've 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 driven back and forth quite a few times and i've done you know i got family in colorado so i fished the arkansas quite a bit but uh i need to like Like colorado's uh, sick up uh because i went to school in pueblo oh yeah you know salida yeah, yeah. So you fish it the upper, the upper Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. That's really yeah. good. I fished it uh, down below um, Pueblo Reservoir, dude. It's, okay. It's I, I don't know if you ever get a chance to go back there. It's it's I would single handedly say it's in the top five fisheries in Colorado, which is which is hard to believe because there's so many good ones. But uh, if yeah. you get a chance, man, you got you have to you have to fish it. Yeah, my my uncle he he's a photographer as well, and that's he's a big big part of the reason why I got into shooting photos. But he. Uh, he kind of built his career um, shooting whitewater rafting out there. So he's got like the setup, dude. Every time I go out there, he's got a got some sort of a drift boat ready to go. And he's like, dude, I'll just paddle you fish, oh, shooting photos. Awesome. It's like so. Yeah, epic, that canyon's dude. beautiful. Oh, it's insane! It's super fun to raft too. It's like oh, definitely bet. get some water moving in there. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it gets raging pretty good, especially during runoff. Absolutely. Well, shoot, man. Um, we've been at it here for about a little over an hour. Um, yeah. Probably start wrapping it up, but uh, absolutely, dude. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Like I said, it was just kind of by chance that uh, that we connected on Instagram. I'm glad we did. Um, yeah, me too. Absolutely. It's it's been it's been awesome being being on here and chatting with you guys for sure. Stoked. Always stoked to talk fishing, photography. You know, just just getting away from it all. Yeah, it is nice. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, man. We'll uh we'll stay in touch for sure. If you do if you do your road trip, you can swing by Louisiana and do some saltwater and then swing up uh, you know, some other places and eventually, you know, maybe make it to PA on your way to Rhode Island or whatever and uh and fish with Yeah, and, yeah. Dude, I've, blast, I've never man. taken that southern route, so that's uh that's definitely on the list. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to be had out here, so um once again man thanks for thanks for coming on and uh yeah we'll we'll try yeah thank you guys again yeah absolutely man all right have a good one yeah you too all right later